Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller. I'm your co-host, Dr. Terry Sellers. Now, we have an interesting episode today because our normal host, Jared Miller, is out of town. Now, for those of you that listen to this podcast, Jared does almost all of the work. Okay, I sit here and throw out like stupid comments every once in a while. Jared does all the heavy lifting. He's the detail guy. He's the pusher. He's the, I show up and pretend to be like a, an expert or a comedian, one of those two. <laughs> right? And so, because he's out of town, I have this job. So, I'm apparently going to be the host. But I can't do it by myself. So, we have a special guest co-host. John Red, who's been on the podcast before. John Red is here as our co-host. And uh, John, just say hi, introduce yourself. Yeah, grateful to be here. Um, for those of you expecting Jared, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> You're way better looking I'm, than Jared. I'm making me? my amends now. Um, I, I actually reached out to Jared because we were going to be down in St. George. And I thought, hey, this would be a great opportunity for Ryan to be on a podcast. So yeah. I thought it would kind of be funny. And what <laughs> what happened in that process is it entirely backfired on me. Because Jared said, oh, I'm going to be out of town, but why don't you guest host it? And I thought, no, yeah. no, that was, it yeah, no, wasn't no, Ryan at all. No, no. Like, like I'm this trying is to get Ryan, Ryan suckered onto the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has nothing to do with me, but somehow Jared suckered me into it. Yes. Yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah, grateful to be here. Welcome. Uh, briefly, we have, uh, we're going to do sponsorship mention in just a second, but I want to introduce today's guest. We have Ryan Brown on the podcast. Ryan. Hi. Say hi to the folks. Hi, everybody. There's like four I'm people Ryan Brown. listening, so say hi to them. <laughs> now, the other thing that we have special today is our producer, Sean Denovan, is out of town. So we got Max Christensen in the house. Thank you, Max. Max is here. Hey, great to be here with you guys, man. It's it's an honor and a pleasure to always listen to the doctor talk, oh, talk a little now. bit about his drugs. So. You, got, you, <laughs> you, you guys, uh, if you listened last week, Max uh, just started as a sort of student intern here in the podcast studio. Max plays football for what we now call Utah Tech. Used to be Dixie, but can't call it that anymore, so Utah Tech. And so Max is a defensive end and... He likes raining terror on quarterbacks. <laughs> so we're not going to be quarterbacks today. No, not today. No, no. we're going to be kind. Did you know BYU <laughs> plays deal. Dixie this year? Not Dixie. You, BYU plays Utah Tech this year? I did not yeah. know that. Max is going to Max is going to like break our quarterback's neck. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the 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 score might be might be a little lopsided, but hopefully I can make a couple plays. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Knock a few people down. Yep. That's all you can do. All right. So, um first of all, Segment one, sponsored by our good friend Steps Recovery Center. John, you got something about Steps Recovery Center? Yeah, I absolutely do. So Steps, they are ready to help your loved one as soon as you're ready to reach out. You can call them at 801-800-8142 or check out their website at stepsrc.com. And we just want to say thank you for Steps for sponsoring the podcast. Yep, we, step could, we could not do it without you. Steps has always been good for to us. Absolutely. They allow us to have this studio free of charge. It's not free of charge, but it's free of charge because Steps pays for it. So yeah. that's nice. And uh, we get to, I've been on a few podcasts in my life and this is the nicest, the nicest as far as the studio and the engineering and that sort of stuff. So Steps provides that for us. And we appreciate them. Absolutely. All right. Well, we always start our uh, podcast with a segment we call new and good. Okay. So we're going to go around the room and we're going to see what's new and good. John, why don't you start? Anything in your life new and good? Yeah, it seems like I've got so much going on that it's it's kind of amazing to me the life I get to live today. It's it's the things that you'd read about or that you hear about with other people seem to be happening in my life. So um, in the process of setting up a treatment center, um, I my kids are doing really well. Um, had opportunities to connect with them. I had a birthday, so... I'm officially much older, so I'm 48. I got now. shoes that old. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. No, but Don't doubt it. I think I probably do. In the car ride today, he said he's two years away from a half century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, which is a lot. Like, yeah. so, but it's. Um, I can't even remember hitting the half century mark. <laughs> yeah, so long ago. No, and I, I remember when I turned 40, and I remember um, I was active in my addiction. I wasn't around. Like there were. There weren't people around to celebrate it. 
Um, and this year when, so on Sunday I turned 48 and it was just, it was just one of those things that made me stop and just kind of appreciate all the people that show up in my life. Yeah. And I, and I cannot believe the life I get to live today. Yeah. And so that, that's probably my new and good for this week. Beautiful. And that I get to be a co-host on a podcast that's and beautiful. I, quite candidly i have no idea what i'm doing yeah neither do i so it's i'm okay. happy to show up i've been on this podcast a lot and i still don't know what i'm doing <laughs> so don't worry about it perfect <laughs> Wait, uh jared and i have this we're just two goofballs talking about recovery for that's it. i mean that's it's, what it is that's awesome that's what the podcast is supposed to be so I, ryan i know you guys well enough i can agree to that yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> the, at least the two goofballs part i don't know about the talking about recovery but ryan what's new and good in your life anything uh this is definitely new and uh, we'll see if it's good. You ever been on a podcast before? I have not. This oh. will be my first. All right. Yeah. Well, it's two goofballs, but in this case, three goofballs. Three goofballs. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For Talking sure about that. recovery. Yeah. So yeah, don't, no, I mean, don't get I'm uptight ex- about it. I'm not. Here. I'm, I'm definitely yeah, not but, uptight. I'm excited. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Anything new in your life that's interesting? That's Well, John and I are Tell doing, me what you're doing down here in St. George this weekend. Uh, we're golfing a lot. Oh, my gosh. You know? How good um, is that? Well, let me define golf. It's... It, Trying I'm, to hit a white ball. Oh, come on. You I know. saw you guys hit the ball. Like, yeah. these two guys, my my, my my guest co-host and my guest, <laughs> I'm out there trying to hit the ball, and they're like, I hit a, the best drive of my life, and then John Red is out there like 120 <laughs> yards in front of me, and Ryan's out there 120 yards in front of me. These guys hit the ball, so that's fun. It's uh, nice to be younger. It is fun. but I know uh, you think you're 48, but you ain't 62. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Doesn't go as far. No. I'll tell you that. No. But. But sometimes goes straighter. It yeah, yours is very straight. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, when I hit the ball. All right. Well, uh, John, you want to ask me what's new and good in my life? Yeah, what's new and oh, good, Doc? Well, I'm down in St. George playing golf with two really good friends. That's really <laughs> like that's got you know. Uh, if, if for the people that listen to this podcast, go, I, I talk about golf a lot because it's my kind of my favorite activity to yeah. do at this point in my life, right? But uh, we have a tournament tomorrow that we're playing in. It's going to be really fun and. Uh, we went, went out and just kind of had a practice round today and hit the ball about 40 mile an hour winds at yeah. Coral Canyon. It was really windy. Yeah. Windy, but it but was a blast. It was yeah. a blast. Max, so, you're sitting over there. What's new and good in your life? We can't let you just sit <laughs> over there. All right. Hey, what's new and good in my life? You know, this right here. Yeah. Everything, this this all is this, new. All this technology is yeah. new and good. Very, very new to me, learning it still. So, again, appreciate you, I appreciate you guys letting me uh, be a part of this. Um, another thing, I guess, that's. That's new and good for me. This is just this is my plug for the show. I actually just signed a an NIL deal a couple of days ago, being a being a college athlete. Wow. With uh, Zeppes, they're uh, they're a uh, frozen ice and uh, shaved ice custard place here sweet. in St. George. Sweet. So if you guys are looking for any kind of treat, have a little sweet tooth, you know, want want the shaved ice or the custard or a combination of them both. That's my favorite. The Tiger's Blood Gelata over at Zeppes. Just tell them Max sent you, and they'll 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 set you up. So. Way, way to get the plug in. Yeah, dude. I like that. <laughs> yes, That's sir. good. Yes, Max sir. is sitting over there with like eight thousand buttons that he yeah, can push man. right there. Like he's got enough buttons to blow up the world. But yep. Uh, he looks like he knows what he's doing, but man, that's a lot of buttons, dude. Hey, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, right. So far, we're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get this thing kicked off. Ryan uh, Brown. Good. Ryan Brown is our guest. Tell us about. Um, let's just start with Ryan Brown. Okay. What do you got? Who Who are you? Tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. That yeah, sort of stuff. so I grew up in Farmington, Utah. Um, haven't moved much further than that. Okay. Uh, served a two-year mission in Hong Kong. Um, grew up LDS. Uh, and had Wait, a, you were LDS and served a mission? Yeah. I didn't know those Unbelievable. Two hand in hand. Huh? That is Unbelievable. weird. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, living in Hong Kong for two years and had uh great experience loved it um and yeah so davis county born and raised and not further than that yeah yeah and davis county boy yeah and so uh so tell us about childhood like what was uh tell tell me brothers and sisters family that sort of thing what was i'm the oldest of three okay um so you know i you and i talked about this in on the the golf course today but you know, I'm going to pretend like we didn't. Okay, pretend we like we didn't. So I, I, I can tell everybody else again. First, yeah, yeah first time. Um, wow, really? Oldest of three. I have a younger brother, younger sister. Okay. Um, and grew up in a great home. Okay. Um, my mom and dad were, you know, uh, very very good parents, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of people that I meet in recovery have had 
you know, horrible, horrible childhoods, childhoods, you know, and, and that's not my story, you know? Um, so one of the things that you learn in recovery is accountability. Yeah. And, um, it's easy to blame other people. Well, for sure. And that's not part of my story. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I think that, uh, I mean, if you look at drug addicts, which we're not supposed to call them because that's not a kind term, but I'm okay <laughs> calling myself a drug addict. But when we look at people that struggle with substance abuse, a lot of them have had traumatic childhoods. For that's sure. That's pretty common. But it's not universal. Yeah. Like, it's not, that's not a prerequisite. Yeah. The prerequisite is you got to take drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's the prerequisite. And right? like it a lot. And, and, and really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> learns to enjoy that. So, yeah. So you grew up not doing that. Right. Uh, not at all. Got through high school pretty, pretty okay. Not, yeah, nothing in high school. Not a party kid really. No. Um, yeah, I would, I, you know, friend group, anytime anybody needed a designated driver, call Ryan, you know, went to USU for a semester before my mission, call Ryan. I was in the Sigma Chi fraternity and, um, would get calls at three, four in the morning. Come pick me up. Come pick me up, man. All right. And I'm like, wow. You got to like, have a nice, reliable this is called, to pick you up. Yeah, <laughs> this is called having a good time. I don't think so. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I do remember having those thoughts that, man, that's just, a, that's just not for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I had things, a similar, things, I had a similar thing in med school. Yeah. Like people would invite me to parties in med school all yeah. the time. I, I, I wasn't using it at that point in my life. And people would have parties all the time and they'd invite me and I'm like, it's... It's just all about alcohol. Like, I'm not interested. And yeah. oh, it's, oh, it's not about the alcohol. Okay, so if there's no keg there, are you going to the party? Well, it, no, we wouldn't go to that party. Well, yeah. then it's all about the alcohol. Right. I don't want to go watch you guys get sloshed and, and make silly fools of yourself, and then I get to drive you home. Like I, not, I remember the that first— That didn't sound like fun to me. Yeah, I remember the first time we had a kegger uh, of sorts at, at this party. Okay. And I remember feeling like, wow, I've got to get myself out of here, you know? I, I can't be here. Right. Um, and I, I remember that vividly. Yeah. yeah like, and I don't relate to this conversation at all. I'm the guy who would call Ryan. Yeah. Come like, pick me up. Yeah. Come pick mm-hmm. me up. Yeah. And okay. so keep going. Takes like, all kinds. Is, yeah, yeah. Takes all kinds. Right. Yeah. We, we got, we got a bunch of different people represented here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, growing up in um, Farmington, Utah, there wasn't very many of, uh, I didn't have that temptation. Right. Um, most of your friends didn't use most of my friends didn't, right. You know, I, I was a, around it, but it wasn't like any kind of temptation to me. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, um, what happened? Um, well, uh, you didn't make it all the way through unscathed. Apparently. No, I didn't. Um, it started off with, you know, I started a company called ideal practice in 2002. Okay. And, um, and what's ideal practice, for? ideal practice started off as a business management for physicians. I came from a billing company, was selling uh, billing services while I was getting my degree. Okay. Got my degree in marketing. Um, and, you know, some of those uh, senior level classes, you don't get to pick your times, you know. You need a job that kind of works with it. Right. So um, I, I I could sell. Um, and I very outgoing, very, you know, I've never been like, uh, somebody that's quiet, you know, right, <laughs> I've right. always been kind of the loud mouth of the party. So, um, yeah, so I, I got, I loved, uh, meeting people. I loved, uh, solving problems. You know, I, I did well in school. I think I graduated with 3.93 or something like that. Whoa. You know? And so it like all those things that y- you hear other recovering, um, people with, you know, childhood problems. That wasn't me. My, my issue was the perfectionism. Like okay. I, I was the checkbox kid. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So my issue was, I didn't feel like, um, there was any grace in the world for less than perfection, you know? Um, and especially being the oldest of the family, um, I was the first one to graduate with a degree first one to go to college type of thing. Um, and always just had kind of felt like this. It, it wasn't for my parents necessarily. It wasn't like a shaming thing. It wasn't helicoptering parents or anything like that. It was just, I, I felt like I, I need to do my best. Okay. And, and even when 
my best wasn't good enough. I needed to excel past then, you know. You don't feel like that was a push from your parents at all. That no. was oh, that was internal. That was internal. Okay. And um so you always got to do you know, really it, good. It was it, You always have to be the best? Yeah. Yeah. You got to beat other people. Uh-huh. Competitive. Uh, super competitive. Okay. Um even though a lot of times my athletic ability or my, you know, ability to get good grades wasn't the best. Right. I wanted to be the best. Right. So you're going to try harder than the other guy. Right. Um, you know, when I was a shooting guard and when I remember somebody telling me, you know, in basketball, if the ball's not going in the net, you can just up your defense, you know? Yeah, sure. So, so more effort. Right. Put, and this comes into play a little bit later in life because when, you know, I'm full blown alcoholic and going through it, like just, you just need to exert yourself more, you know, try harder, you know? So. Yeah. All right. So still haven't heard you starting to use drugs yet. Yeah. So what happened was, um, you know, starting uh, this company, Ideal Practice, working with doctors, starting up their um, facilities, starting up their practices. Um, I, I met a lot of good friends that were MDs, you know. Yeah. And um, one night I was on a, on a church um, function with the, the um, young men of the ward. And um, we went night snowboarding. And uh, I remember it was at Brighton and I was showing off. And <laughs> again, you know, be, be that be center of attention, right? Right. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I tried to do a 50-50 on a rail and it had iced over. And it, that was back in the day when the, the rails were actually metal. Okay. You know, now we have like... Are they not metal anymore? No, they're I'm not, not a skier they, or like, a They found out that apparently... <laughs> It's a safety hazard. So, um, and I was proof of that because I broke my back. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. It's apparently a safety hazard. Apparently. Yeah. Says so. The, says the guy laying there with a broken back. Yeah. Well, it, the crazy thing is, is, is when I fell and I hit my back and I, I broke my back, uh, my T3 through five was just shattered. Okay. Like it, you look at the x-ray and it's just like. Pieces of bone everywhere. Pieces everywhere. Okay. Right. I. Again, like not willing to just give up, I actually snowboarded the rest of that night. Oh my gosh! Yeah, then woke up the next day, couldn't move. Yeah, you know, and I I knew something was I knew something was wrong when I did it. Yeah, but I I've never really broken a back before. What's so. the? This is not necessarily the interesting part of the story, but I have I'm interested in the answer to this question. Okay. What What are rails made of now that make the, them less? Dangerous. More plastic and wider, you know. Oh, they're wider? Yeah. Okay. So and what's wrong with the rail freezing over? Wouldn't you want the rail to be slippery? Uh, it makes it more slippery. Too slippery. Too slippery. Okay, I got so you. So you're anticipating one thing. You're anticipating hitting metal, you hit ice. Yeah, you and you, just, and you just okay. right from underneath gotcha. you. That makes right? sense. Okay. So um, T through three. T three through five. Five, yeah. gone. Um, and then well, I they're not gone. They're yeah, everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're they're within the body. They're all there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you know anybody that's broken a back before knows you can't use you cannot use your body without using your back. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's just sure. it's it's rough. And so I just I didn't have a uh, general physician. I didn't have like a family practice guy. Kay. I didn't need one. Right. Sure. I had clients. Sure. Right. And those clients were really good friends and, and just trying to help me, right? And I remember um, uh, being in a particular doctor's office when the uh, the rep for OxyContin. Oh, yeah. The good old OxyContin yeah. reps. Yeah, the OxyContin rep came in and, you know, they, they had, they always would splurge on lunches because sure they were cracking Oxycontin down on guys bought you good lunches right yes because you know the government kind of cut down on like the trips and the right. incentives to right. prescribe back this. in the back in the old days this is before me i don't i never received a trip yeah but they used to take doctors to hawaii for sure and pay for the whole thing and right. this was giantly influential in doctors decisions making because 
you're going to prescribe the drug of the company that took you to Hawaii. Absolutely. Sure, right. Right. So the government decided they couldn't do that anymore. So, but they, they had, but you can bring lunches. And, and John can speak to this as a medical sales rep, right? He, he knows that those budgets are huge. Right. 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 So the lunches weren't like McDonald's. No, no, no. We never got McDonald's. Yeah. It was not Burger right. King. No. Not Subway. Sometimes they'd travel to Park City to get something super nice to bring it all the way yeah, back Yeah, Roos Chris us. was, right. Right. I, I think that right. was on the menu for that day. Common. sure. Right? Right. So y- you did the lunch thing, but then you had to hear the you spill. Had, you had to listen to the guy talk for 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And and these guys are just doing their job. Salesmen. Yeah. And their job is to sell Oxycontin. So how do they sell Oxycontin? They, uh, you were I, there. I, I, were th- I was there. Yeah. I, I was witness to this. Yeah. And... um. I remember him saying the best part about this drug is it's not addictive. Mm -hmm. And the best part about that is that you don't have to worry about, you know, somebody showing up in rehab like you did with Lortab or, you know, any, any other drug at the time. Now we, we can go, we can all get really angry right now. Yeah. Right. It's pretty easy to get really angry. (laughs) Those guys aren't the guys to get angry. No, no, no. Because, because they were being told this. They were being told this drug is not For addictive. Sure. They're out selling something. Their superiors have... Now, there's somebody up the chain that you can get mad at. But the salesman actually believed it was less addictive. Yeah, but... They I believed mean, that. It was brand new, right? They were being told that. Like well, it, it made sense that it was less addictive because it was covered with this protective coating. It's slowly time-released. You release. couldn't cut it up. Right. All if those you cut things. it up, it all gets screwed up. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. And it made logical sense to me as a physician mm-hmm. that it was less addictive. Yeah. Oh, at, and at, that's how they sold it to us. And and for those doctors, you know, a lot of people are like, well, my 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 drug dealer was the white coat kind, you know, like the the lab coat going. Yeah. He, the, my drug dealer wasn't on the street, wasn't right. on Fourth South. Right. His name was Doctor Terry Sellers <laughs> or, or whoever. Yeah. For, yeah. And right. and so there's there's a you know, um, I. I just heard that and I go, that's the drug for me. You know, that's the drug. I'm, right. I'm in severe it's not pain. Addictive, it's good for severe pain. I was, I was in so much pain. I couldn't even sit down for longer than an hour. Right. And then the other selling point they gave to us was for my patients, like I'd have C-section patients, right? A C-section right. is, uh, I used to be an OB for those that don't know that, but a C-section is a, is a major procedure. It's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it happens a lot, so we kind of minimize it, but it's a big incision. It's a bi- major surgery in the abdomen and the guy would sell me and say hey you have to give your patient one pill in the morning and one pill at night and that's it. easy that's all they need yeah and so you don't have to they don't have to take a pill every three hours and you know if they sleep through the night they don't wake up in pain because it lasts all night yeah and i'm like this is a great drug yeah sounds, yeah i mean it made sense perfect. on paper right right yeah and so uh i you know it was shortly after that that meeting like maybe within the hour that i got my first script mm. From the doctor, from the doctor, from that office, from that office. Yeah, you know, Roos Chris is awesome. Yeah, Roos Chris <laughs> is good, but it's even better if you stuff a bunch of oxycontin <laughs> yeah. inside of it, right? And uh, we do make we do make jokes on this podcast about drugs. It's okay. It's yeah, not I very really funny. It, all that. it ruined a few like, of our lives. Yeah, I really tell that. I was a cancer patient who got oxycontin back mm-hmm. in 03. Uh-huh. Like all of this is what you're saying is something that I identify with entirely, and yeah. it seemed to be like the solution. It was the solution. This, is a, yeah. this sounds like a great drug. Yeah. It, at the time, like initially, it felt like the solution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of imagine like when Coca-Cola had cocaine in it, it yeah. was, this, you know, that was a great drink. That's a great drug. Right there. <laughs> I mean, that's a great soft drink right there. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I have Made to sense. Drink, now I have to drink Dr. Pepper instead. Yeah. <laughs> Made sense at no the time. No cocaine in that. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, okay, so you got your first prescription of OxyContin. Yeah. What was your... And it, it worked. Was that the first sort of pain prescription you got after you broke your back? No, I had... Had you I had, had something already? Tab, okay. Right. And... and Who'd you get that from? From an orthopedic surgeon or some... No. Ideal, from an ideal practice buddy? Yeah, buddy. Like a, somebody you knew. Okay. Yeah, a client. You never really went to... No, I had never had a family doctor. Did you not... I think, I think my first family doctor was like five years ago. Wait a sec, hold on. You have pieces of your back all over your back. We're almost out of time for this segment. Oh, sorry about that. Did they not do surgery? Oh, no. I, I did go to, so I had some radiologists as clients as well. And they're like, man, you need, a, you need to check with somebody on this. Oh, no, 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 I don't. Because surgery then, you know, takes away, at that point, it was like taking away, you know, my tool. Okay. Which was well, that pain relief. But you need pain relief after surgery. 
Yeah. But but then but eventually my mind, the way my mind worked at that time was that then it's going away. Okay. All right. We're about out of time on this segment. We've got just a little bit left, but we got uh, Ryan up to the point where he's starting to take opiates. And we'll take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back right after that. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right, welcome back, everybody. No Jared Miller on this uh, show today. He's fishing, which is cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's never been cool to me. I'd like, you know, I don't fish very much either. I grew up in Florida, where I did some deep sea fishing, but I never really learned yeah, that freshwater fish. Yeah, it's a whole different game. Deep sea fishing—you throw your you throw your thing in the water, you lay down on the bottom of the boat. Yeah, you drink a couple of beers and you wait for the fish to bite. Right. Um, I didn't drink, so I didn't actually drink growing up, so that wasn't too much of an issue with me. But essentially, Again, you not just, my story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You don't drink a couple of beers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, oh, and that was what I oh. did growing up. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's that's kind of how i grew up i grew up doing some fishing but not freshwater fishing i don't i'm not a freshwater fisherman it's like you just throw out a big chunk of meat on a giant hook and let it sit there and hope a giant fish bites it that's yeah. what and yeah, then I, and I, then you then you try to get it in the boat that's the hard part well and i've been with i've been with family members so my dad's an avid fly fisherman okay and i remember one time he took us and he had an angler and we were out there and i had snapped my hook off but i just kept like casting and my little brother looked at me who was with me and he said, man, I think I snapped my hook off. And I said, oh, I did about five minutes ago. I have no idea what to do if I catch a fish. Like, <laughs> I do not want one of those. We're just making dad happy. And so that's about my fishing experience. Well, there you go right there. All right. Well, uh, part two of sure. this uh, of this show, the uh, We Do Recover with Jared Miller, is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. The Hilton Garden Inn, if you're traveling through southern Utah, you ought to give them a Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn, and uh, the Hilton Garden Inn takes really good care of us. We, uh, I stay there most times when I come down. Amenities are great. The pool is fantastic. The staff is super nice to us. And so if you want a decent place to stay in St. George, Hilton, give them a shot. Hilton Garden Inn is a pretty good place. Yeah, absolutely. I've also sponsored by Recovery Strong. Um, and Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. Um, and what it does is it helps you fight the stigma around addiction by wearing your Recovery Strong gear and you can recover out loud. So go to recoverystrong.com and use the promo code we do recover 15 to save 15% off your entire order. Um, we appreciate Recovery Strong for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, I am great guys. Yeah, great guys. I'm no, actually seriously. really good friends with Jared, um, who started up Recovery Strong years ago when he got sober. Yeah. Um, and what they're about and what they do is pretty incredible. I've got a ton of their gear that. Yeah, they got is, some cool stuff. They've yeah. got really cool stuff. Yeah. And and it's it's a good message. It is a good message, and it's a good like be proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, be proud I think of most it. of us most of us suffered in silence for so long. Yeah. Like we we're in the addiction. We're not telling anybody about it. We're not bringing it to the surface. We're not seeking help. Um, for me, I kind of insist on recovering out loud today. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a great way of doing that. Yeah. We talked about that. Ryan and I were talking about that a little bit earlier about how, you know, when you first get into recovery, sometimes you're a little timid about telling people, you don't want people to judge you and all that stuff. And, 
but eventually you start to realize listen this is an accomplishment this recovery thing is a is a giant accomplishment it is nothing to be ashamed of for sure we're ashamed of the fact that we got addicted to drugs and you know we try to hide in the closet and not have anybody discover us and all this stuff but the truth is the things we're doing today and we talked about this earlier because ryan's relatively new in recovery not brand new for sure but maybe not everybody in his life knows that that he's in recovery yep. no and and i think sometimes too when you let people know that you're in recovery and what happened they're relieved mm -hmm. because they oftentimes think it's something else they're, sure their mind sure. just goes Close. to worst case scenarios right. and when you actually start getting in recovery and doing the deal and you let people know what's going on they're like okay finally now there's something that we can address yeah now we know why that guy was such a jerk yeah he yeah was, that's he was high the whole time all my kids would tell you that <laughs> absolutely my kids would tell you the same thing although yeah. i'm not way better but um yeah <laughs> but i'm definitely a little better i'm a different different person than when i used to just come home and go up to my room and sack out on yeah. the couch because i was high yeah we progressed a little by slowly but we progress yep absolutely all right so we got uh we got ryan to the point in his story where ryan has a broken back has not does not have surgery on it Happens to have a lot of doctor friends, which is really convenient. Super convenient. Very uh, similar sort of to my story. I don't. <laughs> we don't want to tell my story on this podcast. It's similar to it. mine as well. But yeah. like, I knew a bunch of doctors. We just, uh, it's super helpful, right? Yeah. But you it, don't have to go out on the street and meet some guy who oh, I, I was, snuck so heroin across in a balloon, so wherever scared. that balloon was, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. We, we had good, clean sources of our. Yeah, drugs. and it was okay because it came from a doctor. Right. 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 Like it, in in the cultural Utah, that's a cultural Utah thing. You know, we uh, if my doctor prescribed it, we're totally it must good. be fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. taking something my doctor gave. He recommended it. Right. Like, why would I not take it? He recommended that. Yeah. I recommend that he recommends that again. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Keep on recommending <laughs> that. Yeah. Let right? me help you make the decision, Doc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Doc, I really need it. It's this, not man. my fault he didn't write enough. Right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you're starting to get some pills, pain yeah. pills from, and just like just like anybody else, sources. right? Yeah, you you get you get more and more and more, and it's not relieving the pain. It's your, you know, your body calibrates to the new normal, and you're like, oh man, I'm not feeling that that mm -hmm. high. Yep, not quite enough. And it's not enough. Right. Used um, to be good, but it's just not as good anymore. Yeah. So I remember the, the doctor that came to me and said, man, like, I c you're maxed out. Like, you are maxed out. Like, Whoa. DEA will be all over me if I give you any more. Whoa. Yeah. And Doc, it, you're killing that, me. That was that was a, the first time I had, like, a serious conversation with myself. Well, actually. But... Because the, the whole time I'm I'm believing the BS of t in my sure, head. Sure, I'm in severe pain. I'm in I severe. Gotta pain. have this. Yeah, yeah, and I, no. John, everybody in my position would have just as many pain. John pains. and I have talked about this uh, multiple times. Like not knowing exactly if you're truly in pain, you know? Right. Because right. at that point, it wasn't really about the pain. It was about no chasing that high. No question. Right. So uh, he he's like, okay, here's here's your max. Like, and I, and I remember, uh, going on this trip to Lake Powell and I, it, it rattled in my head. Okay. Like I rattling put, in your head is the fact that a doctor has just told you you're taking too much. Yeah. Okay. That there might actually be a problem. Yeah. It, yeah. So if DEA is involved, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want those guys. I don't want to know those guys. Yeah. I don't want to know them. And I sure don't want him in trouble. Sure. For me. Sure. Right. So, you know, in, uh, in a, a moment of either complete stupidity mm -hmm. or um, complete blessing. I took that bottle of brand new Oxycontins full to the hilt. Holy mackerel. How many? Oh, 90? Probably, probably 90. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Okay. And uh, back of the houseboat by myself. I mean, I was with my whole family. Took them all. No, I didn't. I chucked them. I know the story. Yeah. I was just pretending yeah. like I didn't. In, in you chucked them in the water. Blessing, sometimes those moments are one and the same. Yeah. You chucked a bottle of maybe 90 Oxycontin into Lake Powell. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, man, do you know how much those would have been worth on the yeah. street? I don't care how much they're on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, was that was not for your me. deal. That was right. not. That's that, not your deal. Like, I'm not doing it for that. Yeah, I'm not making money at yeah. this. I'm paying money for these <laughs> yeah. things. 
uh, my insurance is is handling this. What's that feeling Again, like? Not my story. <laughs> What's that feeling like as the bottle leaves oh, your hand oh. and it's now this far away? Oh man! And it's, it's you've now made a decision that you can't take back, right? Oh my gosh! It, so did you think about jumping in? Oh, for sure. Trying uh, to, trying well, to dive first after of all, him and get to I him? remember throwing it and immediately regretting it. Yeah, like yeah. like oh, immediately. Crap. What have I done now? Without knowing anything about uh, detox, without knowing about you know the the severity oh, of sure you don't know what's going to happen of what my body's about to go through yeah right i'm probably going to be in pain but and again, you don't even realize that i had no idea of what's going to happen now what that felt like okay okay so i throw it in and i'm like oh no i hope those float and they don't well so anybody if it was an empty bottle it would have floated it yeah it, it went but straight with 90 oxycontin in it it's headed down south yeah, yeah. and then i Detox myself oh, at Lake Powell. At Lake Powell oh, for a as week. As bad as that sounds, I feel bad for the other people on the houseboat. Oh, no question, no question. But you know the. But he, Ryan was in pain. Yeah, Ryan was in pain. And I, detoxing like a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, years later, I found out there's this thing called medical de detox. You know what? <laughs> Not in Lake Powell. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, here's a. Let me recap where we are so far. We have a kid that grew up fairly LDS, right? Mm -hmm. Not aware of what's going on in the world of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Got hooked on pain pills because of legitimate, yeah, very severe back pain. Yeah. Doctors are handing him scripts. Right. Doesn't know what's next. And so you threw those in the lake. Um, one of the things that I'd like to get to in your story is kind of what got you here now. Okay. With the time that we have left. Yeah, like, for like sure. What happened after that? So yeah. threw him in the leg, detoxed myself, thought I was going to die. Um, and then um, swore that Miraculously off. didn't die. Though. Yeah, apparently it, it was touch and go there for a sec. But that. So happens we're kind of hard to kill sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. And so I uh, went five years without just like shunning. Like just, I'm not even touching. I don't care if I have like a toothache. I don't care if I have like a major surgery. I don't want not, opiates. Not really quite a decision to get into recovery, but a decision I'm not doing opiates yeah, anymore. Yeah. So like, I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know anything do about that. recovery. I'm just not going to do this anymore. Zero idea about recovery. Okay. D zero idea about the disease of addiction. Okay. Zero just, idea that I had triggered something. I just right? don't, I just don't like the fact that I'm, I have to take these pain pills all the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, psychological, uh, low or, you know, whatever you call it. I, I just felt like I'm not doing that ever again. So you're able to pull that off for five years, five years. Didn't take another opiate. Nope. For five years. Okay. And then, um, and then uh, I remember, uh, going to the liquor store for legitimate reasons for, a. uh, a uh, recipe that did you hear him say for legitimate reasons? Yeah, yeah we'll talk well, about that later. We, yeah, we let, did, let we, him keep going. Yeah, <laughs> we we made this this Japanese thing that required sake. Okay, and I'm like, not to drink, not to drink. Um, I'm with but, you, but for, I, for I, a recipe. But something triggered a recipe. A for recipe disaster. Yeah, exactly. I've been waiting on that line. Yeah, sorry. Good, good one. Yeah, thanks. yeah. Uh, he, uh, it, uh, when I got into the liquor store. I just remember thinking, I wonder what that tastes like. Like mm. we're burning the alcohol out, but I wonder what it tastes like on its own. Sure. So bought one bottle for the family. Right. You know, and yeah. then bought Second one for me. In the back of the car. Yeah. And re remind yourself that I have no idea what a Never baseline been drunk is. in your life. Never been, never had alcohol. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like. And how old were you? 35. Okay. Thank you. That's that's Keep important. Going. No, I think that's an important point yeah. too because we have a lot of stories of people that started using drugs in high school. Yeah. yeah. That's the more common story. Yeah. It's a really common way to get hooked is I'm in high school, I'm in a crowd that shoots that uses drugs once in a while and I wound up getting addicted. Yeah. yeah. This and is a different path for sure. A very different path. And I think that part of the path is that you're talking to somebody who had been successful, who had his own mm -hmm. corporation. Mm -hmm for years right mm -hmm. um in and who had been pulling life off and somehow got sake to cook with and thought huh i wonder well, what this tastes just like taste some. yeah and 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 the taste yeah you probably were actually everybody interested loves in what it the tastes taste. it, anybody <laughs> anybody <laughs> right. that's drank sake if there wasn't alcohol in sake i'd just drink it straight because it's so delicious yes, yeah absolutely. exactly right yeah it, terrible taste right it's terrible but, it's all terrible but the the moment that you that you got that that high again yeah. that 
it just triggered it. Right. It was there like, it there it is. The, that's the, that's the, the, the one I've missed the most, you know, and uh, I drank the whole bottle. Ooh. Had no idea. Had first, no idea. first drink ever. You downed a bottle of sake. The whole bottle. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah. That's a way to start. It and out. I remember thinking, Go big. what, what happened? I remember thinking, wow, this is an amazing feeling. Did your family recognize it? Um, I, did they recognize so something was wrong that night? Depending on who you it ask, it, it, you know, a lot of people just thought, you know, super tired. Um, again, you're, the understanding is that you're coming from uh, a place where nobody understands addiction. Right. Your family's as naive about it as you are because yeah, that's like, where you came from. Alcohol was the furthest from their minds. Right. Okay. So then I proceeded to, to buy as much as I wanted and, and tried to calibrate it myself. Again, I'm not going to friends' parties and saying, hey, how much should I drink? I'm trying to figure this out myself. Sure. sure. Right? So I, I, I do that, you know, in the cover of darkness, um, when I'm at work, when nobody can see me, you know, uh, just everywhere. It was bad. All the while, not taking a pain pill. Yeah. Yeah, because this is such a cool and got to have boundaries. This is <laughs> no, this is such yeah. a cool story because we talked about this on this podcast last week about, you know, people that use methamphetamine to get off of heroin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. It's, you're now a meth addict. The devil you're you not know, using the devil heroin, you yeah. but you're a meth addict. Man. Yeah. Like, here you go. You're not taking pain pills. You've sworn that that's probably not a good idea for you. And you start drinking. Yeah. Well, alcohol is legal. Right. So. Right. So, you know, I'm all the time going to going to church and doing sure. checking the boxes there. But sure. then I've got this this problem with alcohol now. Okay. Right. And even though alcohol's also shunned by the the community sure it's uh readily available yeah it's not hard to find and you don't have to find a doctor to i'm not to putting you. a doctor's dea in trouble absolutely you know you can walk in there and show them an id and i'm only walk out with whatever you want yeah only hurting myself right right so all those those lies that we tell ourselves um in the midst of our addiction yeah. only hurt myself right and so i justified it lied to myself lied to others um and it and just like any any other alcoholic, it became too much. Okay. It became people in in my life at the time knew something was wrong, but it wasn't until my wife actually saw a bottle okay. that I left in the car. Oh shoot! Yeah, how does that feel? Shameful. Mm -hmm. Like it, and shameful doesn't feel like the right word. Okay. Like immense shame. Okay. Um, crying trying to say that it's not mine, trying to say it's a friend's, um, all those things, yeah. right? Terrible feeling. And then realizing that I don't know anybody that knows of this except for my wife. And so let's just keep it between us. Sure, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Bury it. Yeah. Bury it. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just stop drinking and we'll, we'll bury it. Again, not thinking that I'm an alcoholic, just sure. thinking that I'm You'll doing it stop. for fun. I'll just, yeah, stop. just stop. I can stop. Yeah. Anytime I want to. Yeah. And it apparently it doesn't work like that. Well, okay. So tell me how it works. Then. So yeah. what happens is is you get uh you get this shame cycle that we're pretty much familiar with and and um you isolate. You, your friend group becomes those friends that are more enablers and less of the ones that will hold you accountable. Okay. Right? And you kind of distance yourself from the ones that are going to take your tool away. Which means to me, you can't be close to your wife during this time. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not good. You have to pull away from your wife. Yeah. Because she's not going to enable. Well, she, I mean, she's definitely not okay with it, right? Sure. And so it's, and, and not only is she not okay with it, but she doesn't want the kids to see me in that state. Absolutely. And so it's, it's you know, all the things, fights and. Well, and frankly, she doesn't want the neighbors to know either. Yeah, right? exactly. It's shameful to her too. Exactly. Right. You know, so we'll just keep it quiet. We'll keep it quiet. We'll bury it. Like John said. And, and, um, so this went on for seven years, you right. know, um, still drinking, still drinking, but your wife thinks you're not for the most part. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it was when, when I came home drunk or when I, I, you know, I, I pass out so that it wasn't like so bad. Like if I'm just asleep, then I'm just tired, huh? I'm just tired. 
Like yeah. it was I a worked stressful really day. Really hard today. Yeah. I, I remember being in treatment at one time, and I told the counselor that I didn't think my wife knew about like all of that stuff, and he just looked at me and laughed. And he goes, "Come on, brother." <laughs> it was really you think she doesn't know? Just because we haven't said it doesn't mean that they don't right. know something's up. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and when they finally hear it, sometimes it's almost a relief. It's a relief. It's like, well, it's I kinda, like getting I kinda in knew it. I kind of knew it, but I didn't really. Yeah. 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 So um, it was, you know, this went on and. Okay, you're and still drinking. Still drinking. And then, Keep it um, I, you know, seeing therapists, trying to get okay. it. First of all, trying to do it by myself. Okay. Turns out it's hard. Okay. Doing it by yourself is hard. If you're a real alcoholic, it's. It's impossible. Next almost. to impossible. Yeah. And so um, it wasn't until John, who I knew when he was in his addiction. Okay. So you knew John when you were sober. And when I was, was sober, using. John's we're in his addiction. We're actually neighbors. Yeah. Same neighborhood. Okay. So, yeah. So John shows up. Um, at your house. Yeah. And and at the church. At the church. Okay. And I'm like, so it's not, it's wait, that's John Red? At the church, like for... Sacrament meeting or for yeah he actually shared his, he shared his story in it in, fits Sunday in just oh really a couple yeah okay so interesting so I remember thinking I need to talk to him right because I could not I I don't know anybody in addiction I don't know anybody in recovery don't know I have to, no idea what, what these things do. are okay right here's a guy that I saw and I literally had to drive him home one time because he was so intoxicated he couldn't even walk. Which okay. John doesn't remember. John doesn't remember this, yeah. Yeah. right? But John has to trust that it probably yeah. happened. Well, I'm sure. I'm certain it did. <laughs> right. So I, right. you know, I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, he might know a secret. He might know a tip, right? Yeah. And then John starts meeting with me and and I I tell him, hey man, like I'm an alcoholic, and he's like. I, I was w waiting for the wave of shame. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's gonna, oh my gosh, are you serious? Um, okay, John, I'm putting this out there. Terrible. It's <laughs> it's really bad. And he just smiles and he goes, okay. Yeah, not surprised. I didn't say that, but not surprised. Yeah. He just says, okay, what do we do from here? Yeah, you expect him to freak out. I, and I I was like, wait, what? What do you mean okay? Yeah, this, this is, is not, not okay. okay. <laughs> like, you don't know how many people Nothing okay are going to know this. about this, you know? And no. so, it, and I, uh, God bless John, because um, he kept showing up. And this, <laughs> this is the hard part. This is good. Because um, if he didn't, I'd still be out there. Yeah, or dead. Or dead. Um, for the longest time. And I'm time, not sure which would be worse. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I, I also thought John was full of BS. Because I couldn't fathom somebody taking away my tool. That's how I, I refer sure. to it as my tool. Because sure. happy, sad, this would always get me back. Right. You know? Right. So so I didn't like John for for a bit. Right. Um, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. A pain pill helps. Yeah. Yeah. You're sad? Pain pill helps. You're happy? Oh, I'm happier. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's just no in-betweens. Right. You know? So I... I you know, he's just like, hey, let's go to a meeting and went to an AA meeting and could not admit to myself that I was an alcoholic. Okay. So, would, and then finally I got a DUI. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's not your typical drinker, by the way. Yeah, that's not okay. That's a sign. Yeah. If you get a DUI, you got an issue. There's yeah. something there. Yeah. So, um, then I then I was going to be serious about it. Okay. Okay. I was going to admit that I was an alcoholic and met with the probation officer, kept getting busted. Even had an intoxilock UAs that came sure. up dirty and never got sent to jail. So I, I was gaming the system. Finally, um, I just gave up. I gave up. I surrendered to the program of AA. And I remember texting John and saying, John, I need help. I need rehab. And he came over that night met with my family, met with me, and said, hey, man, I've called a lot of places. John was working at a, a center at that time. Like, he, it wasn't about the ranch? where I went. No, that, at that time, Spirit Mountain. No, just okay. another place. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And, and so um, I, I went to I, – I, I met with John, and, and we, we came up with a plan, and, and I had some things to tie up. 
And John's like, you're not going to show up in 30 days. But I, at that point I, I was done. I was done. Um, you know, first step life had become unmanageable. And, and that wasn't about betting against Ryan. That's no. just doing this long enough. It's hard to bet against this disease. Yeah, sure. We know when somebody makes a plan for 30 days, it's like, oh man, you just watched the world fall apart in 30 days for him. Yeah. Time and time again. Yeah. yeah. We're close to out of time and I've done something that I always do that Jared keeps me on track with and spent a lot of time talking about addiction. We only have a minute left. Talk to us about the blessings of not being oh, addicted. Okay. Of so recovery. So uh, when, when I talk to sponsees about recovery and what it's like being in this, this, this newfound spiritual relationship with my, with my higher power, my God, um, it's the most amazing life. Even before when I thought I knew who God was, I, I could have defined him for you. Um, now I just realize that I, I just trust it. I don't have to know. I don't have to define it. I don't have to. I just trust how I feel. That's beautiful. Um, and, you know, being in rehab uh, got me some tools to get me into that, what I refer to as the God flow. You know, the, the, the ability to not be in the results and just do, do my program one day at a time. Well, we are out of time, my friend. That's a beautiful story. Thanks for being on, Ryan Brown. Ryan's uh, opening a treatment center soon. Yeah. We didn't get to that because I got caught up in your story. That's but okay. thanks for sharing it with us. John, thanks for co-hosting. Thank you for I'm joining us today to on We Do Thank Recover you. with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.